Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nerd Badge Podcast. This is our inaugural kickoff. I am your host, Michael Quinn, and today is a day that I have been waiting for for a very long time. Let me introduce myself. Again, my name is Michael Quinn. I am a simple, humble man that has been born and raised here on Staten Island. And I can honestly say it is an honor and a privilege, if you're listening to this, to have you give me your time. Because today, well, <laughs> if we look around the studio, it's kind of empty because I had a good friend who is a avid pro wrestling fan, just like myself, and he and I were supposed to talk about, well, everything. So, what happened is, is now that, unfortunately... <laughs> He came down with COVID, and he can't come out to play. So for the first half of the show, it's going to be me, and everything is basically dissected. I will go over everything the best I can, and I will try and salvage this because, well, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> so the second half, I'm expecting my good friend, Carissa Pigmentelli, to come down. She's a beautiful actress, tons of credits, tons of film, theater, and we're going to talk about some things, which is the whole point of this podcast because... <sighs> I feel like everything as of late I've been watching has been overproduced, and I feel like it's good. Don't get me wrong. There's beautiful people out there doing beautiful things with podcasts that I don't know how to do, but I feel like it's missing something like authenticity a little bit. And again, I don't knock anybody, but I feel like everything's produced. They have a producer, and this is, this is just me. This is just me in a studio that I was gladly welcomed into, and the idea of this podcast came through just generalizing ideas and spitballing stuff and hoping it sticks. And then this podcast happened. I was invited to come down here and share my thoughts, which I really, 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 really don't understand why people want to hear me think. But hey, this is where we are. So, myself, I am an avid nerd. And, and I say this, and the whole premise of the Nerd Badge podcast is that, is that I wear it on my sleeve like a badge of honor. I have no problems whatsoever telling people about what I think about certain topics, and, and sometimes I talk a little bit too much, which I'm pretty sure everyone's laughing at hearing that, that I actually admit it. But the thing is, I like sharing stories. I like sharing ideas. I like sharing theories. Um, I love myself to go to Comic-Con. I've been going for at least the past, I can't even remember how long it's been, um, with different groups of friends, my wife, my beautiful wife, Gabby, who's probably watching this right now. I want to say thank you for putting up with my hijinks. Um, again, when it comes down to expressing how I feel about certain topics, about movies, video games, uh, all different types of things, sports, anything. You, I, it's, some people think that being a nerd is a derogatory ter term that I've never really, I never really I aligned myself with that. I feel like everyone's a nerd for something. If you go and wear your favorite player's jersey and go to a game and scream at the top of your lungs with your face painted, you're a nerd for football or basketball or something. If you sit there in the middle of uh, a rainstorm, hike out with your friends to go watch, uh, I don't know, maybe like your favorite artist play at a bar or something like that, you're a nerd for music. And I, I appreciate when people actually not just admit it, but let it shine because that's when I feel people are at their absolute best. When people are enjoying themselves without worrying if I look too cool enough or something like that. <sighs> For me, growing up uh, here on Staten Island, um, I have a lot of friends that I still keep in contact with from high school to junior high, and we were nerds. I think that's my friend Carissa right now. 
My lovely wife texting me right now. Uh, the thing was that, like, I was a nerd. I was four foot nine until I really hit 14 years old. And until that part, I was reading comics. I was reading X-Men. I was reading Avengers, Fantastic Four. I was reading the Avengers. I was reading the Justice League. I was reading so much stuff that it, it, it just took me away from everything because I was the shortest kid everywhere I went. And it's it, it weird because every time I went somewhere, I would read comics. And people were like, oh, you're reading comics. Look at the little nerd, you know? And I feel like those stories, those images, the uh, characters, everything that came in between um, myself and these comic books was just, it, it just made me escape everything. And um, my family life growing up, Again, I mean, I had a great family. Don't get me wrong. I was adopted since birth. Uh, I never knew my real mom or dad growing up. Uh, I had two sisters who were, and my brother, John, my Kelly, Desiree, <laughs> and they always nurtured me uh, about, you know, being who I was and not shying away from making myself happy and rather than being cool or something like that. And I wasn't. I wasn't cool until I literally had a growth spurt when I was 14 years old and I shot up to this wonderful body that I was blessed with and good health that I was absolutely blessed with. And, uh, but that passion for things never really went away. It never, I never stopped reading comics. I never, I never saw myself as a, a, a normal sized person now that people saw me differently. I never saw that. I was, Hey, what's up? How you doing? And they're like, Oh, Mike, Hey, how you doing? You know, uh, I had a car when I was very young, and I was lucky enough to have that from my uh, from my brother's hand down, and I was able to drive, and people thought I was cool because of that. But at the same time, I was still that that inner part of me was a nerd. It was it, it just flourished out of me whenever we talked about stuff like uh, Final Fantasy VII came out. I remember I was in high school, and oh, that game was breathtaking. You know, like it, it, here I am. I played all the other Final Fantasy. I love Final Fantasy IV and Seven are like tied for my top favorite ones but every day coming back from school that's when I realized because I transferred schools and I went to a different school and I didn't really know anybody and then everybody else kind of formulated groups because of this game like oh what part are you up to it's like oh I just got up to the hell house in the tournament you know and it was engaging you know and we got to the point where everyone was like up to the weapons and like how do you beat this weapon I can't beat him because I always die before the time limit and I, I, I met a lot of good friends through those initial um, groups that happened around lunch or gym or something like that. It was, and, and I felt like I was able to express myself a little bit better through words because I wasn't really a, a talker until I really, like I said, I was 14. But I kind of found myself being able to talk to people because I was shy. I really was. And I just kept to myself. I read my comic books. I played my video games. And it was, that was my personality. And no one really kind of knew me until, again, these groups kind of formed. And again kind of why I'm doing this because I feel like people should be able to take what they love talk about it and feel connected with each other like that and I feel like it breeds happiness because look at the past four years how horrible everything's been and I promise you on this podcast I will absolutely try my best to keep the bad topics out of stuff I'm not here to bash anybody I'm not here to talk about things that uh divide people I'm not here I'm keep politics out of this as much as I can there'll, there'll be jokes don't get me wrong there will be jokes on both sides I I'm a big fan of humor and making fun of people but at the same time it's not going to be the ideal of this podcast the nerd badge podcast I promise you will be plain and simple 
for you to wear your nerd badge on your arm with pride, which I really, really want. I, I want to bring in different people from different aspects. I want to talk about, uh, also another thing about me, um, I'm also a professional wrestler. I've been doing this now for, God, like almost 17 and a half years, which has been a blessing that I'm still around. I haven't done anything major. I've wrestled a couple of TV names that you may recognize, but I'm not here for that. Um, I just want you to know that I have a passion for that, pro wrestling as well. With pro wrestling, it's always been um, something that I've always dove into. My first ever pro wrestling show, and I want this, I hope this connects anybody who's listening to this, their first experience with pro wrestling as much as it does mine. I love telling this story. Uh, I was, what, whenever wrestle, I was six years old, I believe. It was WrestleMania four in New Jersey. My babysitter had a son, and his name was uh, Jamal, and we were best friends. We lived over in Willowbrook in, uh, here in Staten Island. So somehow, some way, I can't remember the exact story, but she got the tickets from somebody who couldn't make it, whatever, and they were like, oh, do you... And she asked my mom, is it okay if I take Michael? Now, before we get into that, my mother hated pro wrestling. Like, she absolutely despised it. Now, again, I was adopted. This is my, my foursome mother, Frank Quinn. God bless her. I love her to death. She raised me as I was her blood. And I'll never forget everything she's done to me, uh, for me, everything. The, the lessons that she taught me. But the one thing she couldn't say was pro wrestling. Because I always feared, because I was small, I was always sick. Um, she felt that like maybe I would emulate this stuff and get myself hurt. She was traumatized by the idea of me getting hurt. It was, I was the baby. I was the baby of the family. Everyone always looked at me like, oh, we got to protect Mike, you know? So, um, with this, my dad, they were divorced before I even came into the picture. But Thomas Quinn, God bless him, he was my dad. And I love them to death for that. They actually gave me their name. My real name was actually uh, Leo Wilson. And they changed it legally to Michael Quinn. Uh, they took me in as their own, which I will never, ever, could ever pay them back for. Um, what happened is that uh, my dad was a closet wrestling fan. And he had tapes from Madison Square Garden all all hidden like around his house. He lived uh, with his brother, my late Uncle Huey, and... He loved pro wrestling, he, but he never shared it with anybody. And he actually told me, he was like, you know, he, I, I slept over his house one time. Yeah, he lived on Van Duzer. And uh, we lived in Travis for most of our lives, except for when we lived in Willowbrook. We lived in Travis when I, moved, when I was nine years old. We moved there. Um, my dad, would, I actually caught him watching a wrestling match. I was like, oh, what's this? I must have been five, I think. And he goes, this is pro wrestling. He's like, you want to watch? And I was like, okay. He's like, don't tell anybody that I watch this. Not your brother, not your mom. I don't want to hear about it. I was like, all right, cool, no problem. And we sat there, and uh, we watched wrestling TV. He's like, I got this, and I got that. I used to watch guys like Killer Kowalski, uh, Baron Von Rosh, uh, all these other great, like, cartoon, bald-headed, just, yeah, guys, you know? Like, and, and it, was, it was art to me. It was beautiful. And I, and I watched it, and these guys would just fight, and the stories that happened, Ric Flair, uh, Harley Race, uh, Dusty Rhodes, all these beautiful, Nick Bodwinkle, all these great guys that were just larger than life. They came out, crowds erupted, women were throwing panties, guys were throwing babies. It was... You couldn't stop it. It was. Just, I was like, I'm fascinated by this. And then it happened. We find ourselves 
my mom getting asked if I can go to WrestleMania 4. And she goes, what's this WrestleMania? And I kind of looked at her and went, well, I kind of watch wrestling. And she goes, where? <laughs> my father's face pops up in my head and I go, uh-oh. <laughs> I can't finish the sentence. So I tell her, me and Jamal watch it. His mom lets him watch it, so I just watch it sometimes, and I think it'll be cool. And me and Jamal will have a great time bonding going to this. And she goes, mm, okay, as long as his mom's going there, score. Go to WrestleMania 4. Now, WrestleMania 4, Macho Man wins the title, him versus DiBiase at the end. DiBiase gets a first-round bye. Beautiful storytelling, and <laughs> I can do an impression. And I, I, I'm good at certain impressions, but this was my first ever one that I ever realized because I heard Macho Man speak. And I, I, it was afterwards, basically. So uh, <laughs> one day I just come home, and again, WrestleMania 4 was mind-blowing for me. I, I was addicted to pro wrestling. My mom is okay with me watching it. I would say I'd watch it at Jamal's. I had an alibi. And this is where my nerdiness comes out. Um, now... I came home, I, we were watching wrestling, I, I think it was uh, Saturday Night Main Event, and I just remember hearing Macho Man speak for like, when the first time I heard him speak was wherever it was, and I didn't realize I can do it, but I sat there and I looked at my mom, my mom goes, how was Jamal? I was like, mm, yeah, it was the greatest time of all time, and she goes, what was that? And she looks at me with like bewilderment, but yet confused, like, like rage, like, you're not doing wrestling. I was like, no, 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 no. That was a movie that I saw as a gangster. It was like, mm, yeah, I'm going to get you, Tommy. Yeah, wait till I get my hands around your neck. And we're sleeping with the fishes. Yeah. And she didn't know anything. So she was like, all right, cool, whatever. One day, Saturday uh, morning superstars. Greatest form of entertainment on a Saturday morning besides cartoons and Ninja Turtles, which will always go over here. Uh, so... The Rockers come out, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. I'm bouncing up and down on my couch. My mother comes in, and in my hallway, there was like there was like, um, like the TV, and then there was a doorway, and across from the doorway was the bathroom. And my mother comes in, she walks around, and she makes eye contact with me as I'm jumping up and down on the couch. I'm like, yeah, ow, ooh. She's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm watching uh, some wrestling on Saturday morning. And she goes, oh, oh, my other guest. Ooh, mid-story pause. Ah, damn it. My other friend, I had another friend, another actress, comedian that was going to come down, but apparently she decided to go to Philly last week, and she's still there. So, yeah, I just found that out. Uh, so, anyway, where was I? Yeah, so my mother got worried. Now, anybody who knows wrestling, I feel like back in the Attitude Era, uh, the, the Golden Era was... Uh, just beautiful, right? You can't deny the superstars that came out of that. Um, Shawn Michaels turning on Marty Jannetty, uh, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Macho Man, Hogan, Jake the Snake, all these guys, right? <laughs> well, Mankind and Undertaker, King of the Ring, yeah, Hell in a Cell. Now, this is where <laughs> this is where things took a dark turn for me watching wrestling. I'm sitting there watching pro wrestling, and it's Mankind versus Undertaker. Mankind crawls up the cage, and my mother comes in. She goes, oh, and it's me, my friend Eric, my friend James, and I can't remember who it was because it was one of their friends whatever. So we're hanging out watching this, and we're going, oh, my God, he's jumping on top of the cage. This is insane. And we're like, he's going to jump off. And then Undertaker starts crawling up the cage. We're like, wait, 
<laughs> so now everyone knows what happens at this point, right? Mankind. My mother sees this and flips her mind into complete yelling chaos. She's like, watch it, like, oh, oh, they're gonna oh, oh okay, I can understand this. Okay, they're they don't like each other. That bad man in the mask. We're like, yeah, bad man in the mask, man. Uh, mom, yeah, sure. Batman in the mask. Gotcha. And then Undertaker t- takes him and tries to kill him. Boop. <laughs> My mother just went, Turn that off right now. You better not know there's miles again. And all my friends, like, it was like watching a bunch of cats and like throwing like a, a flash grenade and just watching them scurry. We all just like, What just happened? Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling in my house for a very long time. So, um, yeah. So we used to go over my other friend's house, and uh, we always had fun watching it there. And that's where it became. And his mom was totally cool. My friend Eric Hoffmeister, I love him to death. Uh, we used to watch wrestling all the time. We spent New Year's together. My one of my best friends, and um, uh, he moved to Delaware a couple of years ago. He's doing great. Uh, good guy. So um, what else? So yeah, that was my thing about pro wrestling. <laughs> and then eventually, I um, true story and how I became a pro wrestler. Uh, Big Vito, I'm at Legends Bar on Victory Boulevard here in Staten Island before it closed, and I was playing pool, and then in comes Big Vito, WCW uh, superstar, former tag champ, Uh, and he was, he's going to kill me because I forget all the titles that he has, and we go over this all the time. (laughs) So he's sitting there playing pool, and actually I'm playing pool, I have the table, and he plays, and he beats me, and I go, okay, I wait my turn, he runs the table, I play, I beat him. Okay, no one else was playing, so we play again, we play again, and we started talking, and I was like, bro, listen, how did a guy from Staten Island end up on television? Like, I don't get this. And this is after my time in the military. We'll save that for another time. Um, I met him in 2006. It was this summer, because it was actually the first night out after my father passed away. In July, he passed away, July 27th, and I started wrestling. I met Vito in September, end of September, and he pointed me to his training. He goes, listen, if you're ever serious about this, what you're going to do is you're going to go find a man called Johnny Rods. And I go, oh, I know Johnny Rods. My dad has tapes about him. He used to wrestle as Java Rook, WWE Hall of Famer in 1996. And he goes, yeah, that's him. Go find him out. Talk to him. And he will sit there, see what happens. I was like, all right, cool. So I knew somebody at that bar who goes, oh, you were talking to Vito? Yeah, he, uh, Johnny trains me now too. And I go, oh. Awesome. My friend Pete. I'm like, awesome. Yeah, cool. Let's go down there. So he has a show on a Saturday. I go down and I sit in the crowd and I'm just, wow, this is awesome, you know? So now I'm sitting here watching all this stuff and the show's over. I help, you know, I was like, hey, do you guys need to handle anything? You know, like, well, what can I do to help? And he goes, well, yeah, just, and you know, help us break down the chairs and everything. And at the end, Johnny comes up to me. He goes, oh, Pa, it's nice to meet you. You're a friend of Pete, you know? He's like, that's how Johnny talks. Anybody who's watching this who knows Johnny, it's like, oh, Pa, you know? All I'm missing is like an orange with a knife. <laughs> He's going to kill me. <laughs> like, oh, Pa, you know, you, you look like a good guy. You know, you look like you could uh, do this, you know? It's like, yeah, I would love to. It's like, I just don't know how. He goes, oh, it's like, you know, we uh, we have a school here. We got a club, you know? This is a family here. I was like, what? Really? And I was like, I'm love a chance i don't know how i would be able to have an audition or something i don't know how this works he goes pa just come down another day we talk and we'll do business oh you talk 
we sit in his office. Everyone knows Johnny. Uh, we talked for, he wants to talk for about five or ten minutes. Three hours later. <laughs> He's going to kill me for that one. I love Johnny's stories. Don't get me wrong. I love Johnny's stories. Johnny, I love you. Anytime you pass on knowledge to me, I absorb it like the sponge that I am, and I, I fully just nurtures me. <laughs> Don't hit me. Don't stab me with a knife. Uh, but yeah, so we came to business, and uh, I became one of his students, and we did shows, and I learned so much from Johnny, like so many times, about the simplest things that everyone sits here and goes, oh, Johnny, you know... Johnny has a lot to say about stuff, you know, and I go, I've seen it work. If you're re- looking at this right now, when I tell you this, I will swear on a Bible. I will swear on my a child that I'll eventually have one day on his soul that that vinegar wrap thing is witchcraft, okay? If you know, you know, okay? Because it worked. I hurt my leg doing something one time, and I was in a very important place in my life, and being hurt wasn't an option. When I tell you I did that, the whole wrap, the vinegar, white vinegar, uh, Vaseline, towel, wrap, I smelt like a salad for a week. But I was walking around, and that was important. And I will always thank Johnny for that one piece of, more than one piece of advice that he's ever given me that it actually worked out. But that was, wow. So, yeah. So, that's how I became a professional wrestler. I became uh, Steve in person, in person. I saw the line. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's been a blessing to do that for the past 17 years. So um, I've met a lot of great people, a lot of amazing wrestlers. Some people that I've watched on television that I was able to share a ring with, uh, a locker room with. Some people that are on television. Some people right now that are on television that I love to death. And you know exactly who I'm talking to because he made so many improvements in himself And I'm so happy that he's successful right now. And this is just for you. I love you to death. And I want you to know that you are an amazing person. And you 100% deserve everything that's happening to you. And I want you to know that, like, I'm not ever going to ask you for anything. But I want you to know that your your friendship and your, your ability to be a good person with who you are is just an amazing birth-given talent, and I just want you to know that, like, I love you to death, and I talk to you all the time, I send you a straight text message once in the blue, and, bro, it's, it's, a, it, it's happy to watch you be where you are right now, so, yeah, so moving on to the next topic, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some professional wrestling, we have a little thing coming up called the Royal Rumble, and uh, I'm a big fan of the Royal Rumble, to be truthfully honest, Everyone says certain things about different pay-per-views. Like, I grew up in the age of the Great Four. Great Five, technically, but you had the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and then Survivor Series. I was a big fan of the King of the Ring. Do I think it was handled correctly? No. I think the King of the Ring should never have gone away. I loved it to death. It was my favorite thing in the world because it took me back to WrestleMania Four, a great old tournament. It honestly was always the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. Well, Royal Rumble, and then uh, Wrestle, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, King of the Ring, Survivor Series, and then SummerSlam, because each one is like its own precious little thing. And again, this is why we're here. Uh, for those who are just listening, I don't know if this is uh, how we're going to play this if, <laughs> this first episode. But Nerd Badge, I'm pointing to the thing with my hand in an extravagant in an ex- 
an ex, ex, oh my god, I can't speak right now. Uh, exaggerated manner. Um, the Royal Rumble was always about surprise, and it was always like, who's next? That three, two, one, and everyone kind of just stands up. You wait till someone's music hits, and here comes the X. Here comes the, da, da, you know, like, and I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's a demolition. Oh, the other one's a demolition. in the ring. He's got back up. You know, like, it was beautiful. Even to this day, like, I always appreciated because those guys coming back now and doing, like, a Royal Rumble entrance has been, I don't know, it's, it's a staple now, you know? Like, my favorite ones are always going to be, like, I don't know, like, The Godfather could come out every single time. Every Royal Rumble, I'll never get tired of it. Like, it's, it's beautiful, you know? Kevin Nash came out that one time. I think it was 2012. That was beautiful. Uh, Edge coming back out, which was... I don't care who you are. At what point in your life that you were a wrestling fan before, after um, he retired, when he came back, that would... Uh, this is the one negative thing I'll always say about pro wrestling is I always hated, beyond words, dirt sheets. Dirt sheets, I, I mean, listen... Imagine, and I say this to not just the fans. Well, I say this to the fans. Everyone wants to be a pro wrestler as a fan. I, every pro wrestler I know is a fan. I, I, on some level, you are always going to be a fan. Imagine this for a second. Like, imagine you have your first match, right? And here you are. You're all pumped up and everything like that. And some guy just takes a microphone, goes into the middle of the ring, and tells everybody about what's going to happen in your match. That would piss you off, right? oh, I've been working so hard on this, and you just ruined it for me. And then you have the people in the stands going, yeah, bro, watch. This is the part where he sits here and turns on his friend, bro, watch. It's going to happen. Fans are going to be fans. I have no problem. People always say, oh, wrestling fans these days are toxic. No, absolutely not. You know who's really toxic? The guy who tried stabbing Dusty Rhodes, and I'm sorry, not Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, when he was in Charlotte that one time, back in the 70s, and he had to fight him off with a lead pipe. Yeah, that is a toxic fan, okay? Someone sitting there saying, oh, you suck. That's not toxic. You just have thin skin. If someone says you suck, you reply in a manner to shut them up. That's your job. You make them feel part of the show. Until someone comes up to you with a baseball bat outside in the parking lot looking for you, guess what? You're just doing your job. That's what it is. Is if if people aren't sitting there waiting for you at the end uh, end of the show with a door uh, at the door with a piece of paper, yeah, guess what? You that's what it's supposed to be. But when someone comes out there and interrupts that process, and this is what I've always seen it, and it's just it it literally lights a fire in my heart. I'll say that because I don't know if I'm about to curse on this thing because it's going to be on YouTube. So this is my first one. Bear with me. Um, one hundred percent. Um, just checking my message to see if my friend's coming. So 100%, when you interrupt that process between the fans and the wrestlers, I think you're a scumbag. I got no problems with people. People are going to do business. But if you're getting money off these dirt sheets, I, I legitimately don't know how this works. I don't. And I'm the first one to say it. I'm not, you make money off of it, that's you. But for people to pretend that they're journalists, and they call themselves journalists when they're just, hey, I heard this on, a, on the internet, and they just basically like repeat it like, oh, SEM Punk has come back to WWE. That's not really a spoiler. Let me phrase that. Um, oh, this person's disappearing for a while because they're going to take time off. Oh, dude. And I, I hate that like, arrogance that people have behind them where they're just like, well, bro, I don't know if you heard this or not, but uh, yeah, uh, 
yeah, Edge is going to take some time off. He's going to disappear from the company, so he's going to lose his next match, and it's going to be horrible. They're going to put him out on stretcher. It's going to be great. I just, I just be sitting there like, why would you tell me that? It's like, no, nah, bro. I just want to let you know. It's like, let me know what. Let me let let me know what you just completely just murdered everything that I, they were trying to do for me, and now I'm okay. I know what's going to happen now. Thanks. Congratulations. Wrestlers and such and such owning podcasts. I'm 100% behind that because now people are talking about things that are relevant to them and they have the experience to talk about that. If if someone wanted to go on the internet and talk about this person's not doing this right, 100%, that's fine. But when you interrupt that process, you can see it clear as day. Like when CM Punk came back for, to WWE, everybody knew it was going to happen. Not sure when, but when he popped up Survivor Series, oh my God, CM Punk. It's a surprise factor that we had in the 90s in the Attitude Era. There were dirt sheets. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, in, I'm not freaking blind to the fact. But you're ruining my nerd tears, bro. Like, let me have my moments, you know? Like, I feel like protecting that aspect of wrestling from everybody. I mean, the curtain's up. Everyone knows it. I'm not celebrating it, but at the same time, it has to be discussed. Um, movies like The Wrestler, you know? Like, bro... It's, it's, I, 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 someone's going to kill me for this. I still haven't seen Iron Claw. I'm going to see it this weekend when I'm in Miami because I'm going to Miami. I'm going on the Chris Jericho cruise because me and my friends go every year. It started when my friend got married, and then we turned it into a thing where we all go every year. So, um, but yeah, back to what I was saying. Um, I hate when people just ruin things for people. And on this podcast, if I'm lucky enough to have this continue, I promise you, I will not talk about spoilers i will not talk about things that we'll we'll hype we'll we'll imagine we're gonna have a whole segment about this it's called hear me out and it's gonna be a great segment it's gonna be awesome we're gonna do basically make-believe things with our minds and we're gonna talk about things like we're gonna it's the hear me out section of the show is gonna be um imagine like a wonderful comic that I used to read that they turned into a really good cartoon show uh, on Disney Plus called What If. It was one of my favorite comics because they did wonderful things and turned them all around and it made you go, you know the backstory of the story. Let's see what happens when uh, we take this story and turn it on its head. You know, like what happens if this didn't happen? I, I, I have my whole mind filled with things like that, especially when it comes to the Marvel and DC Universe. I'm just going to text my friend Carissa. I'm getting a thousand five things I don't want popping up on my phone about, oh, you're full of data. Go, go screw yourself, phone. Do, 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 do. Don't mind me. I'm just texting. Uh, NTA. So, yeah. Um, when it comes to, like, the Marvel Universe, now... This is something we're going to talk about a lot of times. We're going to have other people on, and we're going to talk about their views on this stuff. Now, obviously, the big two. I mean, there's no more. I honestly don't know if Dark Horse is around anymore. You know, like, uh, I don't know if uh, all these other comic companies are still around. There are a lot of great independent comics out there, and they're beautiful. Um, I'm going to try and get some people on and talk about how the process of a comic book is made. I know somebody about this. I'm going to try and drag him out of his house to get over here. Um. The big two, Marvel and DC. The thing about that is you, ha- you, you, you have the two biggest elements of fandom right there, you know? 
And um, I always said the big three of nerd life is nerd life is always going to be uh, comics, movies, and television. Those are the three main forms of how everybody gets their information about things that they like. I, I, I'm a big anime fan. I'm a huge into anime. Um, and that's reading. That's mangas. I'll, I'll put that in the comics. I know some people, there's a discussion about that. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm just saying I like both. I read and uh, partake um, with television. I was in the age of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, where my good friend, uh, Danny, uh, we used to trade tapes. I did one year at McKee High School here on Staten Island, and that's when I first really got introduced to it, uh, the whole entire tra tape training aspect of it, because I had other people who got me tapes. I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. Like, they would just bring over tapes. It was my brother's friends or whatever, and we just watched this stuff, you know? But then eventually, uh, also, my brother John is like 10 years older than me. My sister Kelly is five years older than me, and my other sister Desiree is about like 10 or 11 years older than me. I can't remember. I love you all anyway, but forget your ages. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, I was really like the only one who partaked of this stuff in my family. My brother had friends and they were just like, hey, you want to watch this? I was like, oh, cool. I would watch like episode 14, episode 23, episode three. And it was all out of order. I was like, I have no clue what I'm watching, but this is fantastic. And then finally, when I got to McKee, my friend Danny showed me, he was like, listen, this is what it is. I'll never forget. We were in the computer lab one day and he was watching the Broly movie. And I'm like, what is this? Why are they gold? And he was like, bro, I got you. So Danny's like one of those friends that I go on the Chris Jericho cruise with every year. Danny and Jen, I love you guys. Um, what else? So, yeah. So now, crap, I lost track of where I was. <laughs> I got too excited. But, yeah, so uh, the three main forms of nerddom have always been that to me. Where, well, actually video games. I'm sorry, I left that out. Four video games. Um, with those things, I've always had a passion for reaching out and finding new ways of getting that. And back then, we had tapes. We didn't have the internet, kids, all right? It was like the Stone Age out there, okay? You were fighting over episode 13, all right, of Dragon Ball Z, all right? When the Boo Socket came out, it was pandemonium, all right? Everybody was into it now. Goku exploded. Everyone knew who he was, you know? Dragon Ball Z used to come on UPN 9 back in the day, and that was how you got your Dragon Ball for fans like me. But then the tapes started coming out. I'm like, this is awesome, uh... I was able to watch it for the first time really in order, like the whole Saiyan saga, Cell saga, uh, Android saga, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, yeah. So, that was one of the things that was, I feel like it made it, who really wanted it, if that makes sense? Who really wanted to find out what's going to happen next time on Dragon Ball Z, you know? Like, you had to go out and find this stuff. I used to, I dabbled in Magic the Gathering, too. Like, that was a thing that I kind of, like, I guess I, you know, kind of like tried out for a couple times. I loved Dungeon Dragons when I was a kid. I haven't played since I was literally like 15, 16 or something like that. Um, I joined the military at 17. That's another story for another time. So, yeah. Again, my nerd badge is on my arm, hard as hell. And these are the things that I've always wanted to address when I have guests on. And I'm going to, there are people out there that aren't my age. I'm 42 now. And there's people out there that are going to be younger than me that didn't have this exposure to things and the people who did I would love to have them on if if this is something like my on this YouTube page message me I don't even know how to even get messages on YouTube I don't know but anyway we're gonna I'm, my Facebook is open my Twitter's open uh Steven Person IP on Twitter um 
there's so many things that I'm going to talk about here, and I just want people to understand that I want to bring people here who understand that life, you know, like not somebody who sits there and goes, I like Hello Kitty, you know, like I actually had somebody say that to me one time. I was at um, I was at a bar, and it was after Comic-Con, and uh, we didn't realize at the time, but it was a strip bar. Yeah. Burlesque, if you will, as they labeled it. So my friends goes, hey, you want to go uh, check out this uh, bar over here? We're like, oh, cool, no problem. And the guy goes, hey, it's going to be free until this time. And we're like, free until this time? Like, I'm already inside. You can't charge me. I'll, I, I don't know what they're going to do. All of a sudden, out come the girls. Chung Lee's there. Uh, Rogue is there. Uh, Miss Marvel's there. Wonder Woman's there. And... Uh, Way too hot. Way too hot to be in this place because it's all a bunch of nerds and we're all just sitting here hanging out. This is like about five years ago. And I'm like, I think we just stumbled into a strip club. <laughs> My friends go, no. And literally the guy comes, all right, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be $40 a head unless you leave right now. And all the girls start, and start getting up on stages and they start, and not in the stages, but like little box things, like box setups and stuff like that. And then I'm like, oh my God, we're in a strip club. <laughs> I was like, I don't mind. I, if if Chung Lee cannot do a full split, I am leaving. This is not accurate. <laughs> not accurate to me. So. Carissa, Carissa, Carissa. 15 to 20. Oh, you're killing me. I'm so happy to be here. Have you here? I don't think you're going to make it now. Uh Do, 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 do. Sorry, I'm texting. Texting music. I'm sending out a text. Do, 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 do. 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 A text. Text, 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 a text. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. I'm sending out a text. Do 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 Sending out a text. So, can we get a wide shot here? <laughs> oh man, I think I'm doing pretty good. I hope I'm not. I hope I am. I hope I'm not bombing this right now. I have no guess. Well, that's right. It's cool. I'll just keep telling stories. So, um, what's what's a good story that I can tell that's really funny? I can't tell certain things because my wife watches, and uh, she would kill me because I feel like I'm making a jerk out of myself when I say certain things. Uh, what else can I talk about? Oh, here we go. Ah, perfect subject. Back to Marvel. I'm sorry. Uh, so, Marvel versus DC. Marvel... <sighs> I'm going to bring this up to other people because I want their opinions on this. I always enjoyed Marvel better, not just as the comics, not just the movies, but as an essence because Marvel was always grounded in the real world, minus like, you know, Atlantis. But um, that's the thing that always made me enjoy it more. Uh, Metropolis, I always felt like was Manhattan. Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Gotham City, I always felt was either Detroit or another, like, really, like, ran-down city, like New Jersey. 
jersey sucks. So uh, I always felt like they, it mirrored things more than was things. And I couldn't understand, like, there was no towns inside of Metropolis. There was no boroughs inside of Chicago, uh, inside of uh, Gotham City, you know? So with New York, it was like, hey, I mean, we, hey, Marvel, in case you're watching this, we never really had a hero from Staten Island. Just going to point that out. Captain America's from Brooklyn. Spider-Man's from Queens. Miles Morales is from Manhattan. And uh, technically the Bronx, Harlem, wherever you want it, wherever subject you get it from. Uh, Luke Cage. Uh, There's so many heroes. Daredevil. um, There's just so many people out there that were always iconic because I felt like they always represented a neighborhood. You know, like, not just a neighborhood. Not like Spider-Man was sitting there going out there like, Queens, you're, you know, like... (laughs) But I always felt like it was more grounded because I live here in New York City and I, I've been to Florida and I've been to, uh, like, you know, New Jersey where other, like, there were not as many comic book characters. Even still, like, you know, uh, Miss Marvel, you know, uh, Camilla Khan. Like, I felt like, oh, my God, she's from New Jersey. Oh, that's cool, you know? But, like, I, Star City, like, really, D.C., like, what, what, like, freaking Minnesota was going to charge you royalties, which is something that I like to point out, too. Like, I'm a big fan of uh, the movies and everything like that. I love the MCU. I love the DCU for what it was, the DCU. Uh, but why was everything in Gotham and Metropolis, but yet Shazam was in Philadelphia? I never got that. I was like, why are they in Philly? Okay, cool. All right, you know? So um, it was just always funny to me that, like, they had their own villains. Like, the villains, if you divide them into two different groups and you looked at them, the DC villains were, I, I, I always feel like it was, it was grounded in Earth. I get it. And it was just some stupid plan they were always trying to make. Like, let's rob a bank. You know, like, granted, Marvel had the same issues back in, like, the day, too. But I feel like DC was always robbing banks and not doing really nefarious things. They were like street level villains. Don't get me wrong. I understand Darkseid. Darkseid is like, you know, the old is obviously I know the comparisons, the the takeaway from Marvel made from uh Darkseid. I obviously get that. Uh but at the same time, it was like there wasn't really that many world, it was always villain to hero aspect. Like, there was always, like, the counterpart, you know? Like, Lex Luthor was always, like, he was a normal man but had, like, really bad intentions. Which, true story, I don't know if anybody ever noticed this, but the real story on why Lex Luthor actually hates Superman, and this is going back to, like, back, back, back in the day. Lex Luthor had a full head of hair, and uh, he was a Superman fanboy, right? Something happened. I don't remember the exact thing. I will always admit when I'm wrong on this thing about Marvel stuff and and nerd stuff. I don't remember exact uh, thing that happened, but basically there was an incident where Lex Luthor loses his hair and becomes bald. I think it was like an explosion with chemicals maybe or something, and then he lost his hair and blamed Superman, and that's why he's a jerk off to Superman. Sinestro, Green Lantern. Green Lantern literally just can't have the power over anything that is the color of yellow. Bruh. Really? Okay. Man, it it was just, I I, I felt like Spider-Man, like his story, his weakness wasn't that he had, like, you know, if he was near Raid or something like that, you know, like, oh, my powers, you know, like his his problem was 
He lived in Queens. He was broke. <laughs> he, he had a girl that he always obsessed over but could never really have. But that obviously happens a him and Mary Jane get together. But it was always like I feel like his supervillains were always even Spider-Man, his row his his gallery of villains has always been just amazing. Like you have the Green Goblin, billionaire who loses his freaking mind by injecting himself with the goblin serum, trying to make a super soldier serum, and it just makes him go badass crazy, you know? Like and he winds up killing the love interest of his life. You know, like I feel like every single supervillain in the Marvel Universe at one point or another had a crucial backstory to their hero where they just screwed up their life, you know? like, And it was always ever going. With DC, it was... I feel like it was forgettable. I, I, I don't remember that many things other than, like, you know, the infinite crisis things. And I feel, you know, like... Oh, what was it? The, um... What was it with the world trees where the, the I, it was so crazy. It was uh world two. I think it was where uh, the, the almost celestial beings of their universe. I forgot what they call them. They were brothers. And what happened was they put a seed in each planet and it grew up to be like wisdom. It was so convoluted. It couldn't be like, these guys are going to try and eat the earth just like Galactus. It's our version of Galactus. Shh, listen, these guys, <laughs> you know, like it, they, it just couldn't be something easy, you know, but like, we're gonna, like, Brainiac came out and sat there and like, alright guys, uh, I'm gonna create these teams and you're all gonna listen to me now, because the whole galaxy is gonna be destroyed if we don't stop these guys from eating seeds that are in the Earth and this other planet, and, alright, cool, we'll just wear Brainiac stuff and just, you know, hey, whatever, you know, and then Brainiac, the smartest, most evilest thing in the world, gets taken out by a Mandalorian, it was just a garbage story, I'm sorry, I love I, I read it, and I was just like, this makes no sense. It's very convoluted. It's, it's just so much chaos happening, so much overriding. Marvel, Civil War, the title right there gave it away. It was perfect. I got 15 minutes left, so we're going to try and get this one in. This will be my last topic. It was, sorry again. Uh, so basically what happened was that Civil War. I don't know if you guys ever read Civil War, but it was uh, the story of the Superhero Registration Act. It was a beautiful... I mean, this story, you just couldn't get any better. Uh, the movie, obviously. I mean, you couldn't do what they... Their hands were tied here, for Christ's sakes. Um, I still enjoyed it. Still enjoyed it. Civil War. But anyway, so now, Civil War, the comic, starts off with... Uh, this, the, uh, I forgot the name of the stupid team that blows up uh, Stanford... But anyway, the superhero team, they have their own reality show. Then they blow up. Uh, they accidentally get into a, not accidentally, but they get into a fight with a supervillain called Nitro. And Nitro has the ability to make gas, like ex exploding gas. And it's really actually a crazy power when you look at it. And he was always like a D-list supervillain, if you will. So what happens is that when he gets into a fight with the New Warriors, there you go. I think it was the New Warriors. I forget, it was so long ago. But anyway, he blows up Stanford, Connecticut, and like everybody except for Speedball dies and um on the new here on the new Warriors team. And this is the difference between the MCU and the comics because it was beautiful. Everybody shows up to Stanford, Connecticut, like, yo, we gotta find out what happened, what went wrong. This is gonna happen. We're gonna fight, we're gonna we're gonna hunt this guy down, Nitro. Nitro is still on the loose, and it was Wolverine. Wolverine is hunting down Nitro and he's trying to find out what exactly happened. And that story had its own arc inside of Civil War, the comics. And then you had the classic story of should we make everyone superhero registrate? Uh, not really. 
uh, cap because, you know, civil liberties and everything like that, and people just want to protect their families by wearing a mask. Well, you know, how about this? We can protect their families by keeping them safe underneath the umbrella of the government. And Steve and Iron Man were just bashing heads over this, and it was a great story because it was... It, it was such at a level one to level 10 fight because what happens is like they all get into a fight. Uh, Cap shuts down Captain America, uh, Iron Man's armor with a, like a device and then like they're going back and forth and they're like half-heartedly hitting each other like, knock it off, Steve. Bang, like knock it off, Tony. I'm going to beat you. And guys are just throwing like half-hearted punches and everything like that. And then we are just level one. Guys are just, Ugh. And then out of the sky comes Thor, who's been missing forever, right? And I was like, Thor, what are you doing here? And there's Goliath, who, I don't know if you watch the MCU version of Goliath. It's kind of the same exact thing as Giant Man. And he takes what we think at the time is Nomir, and he launches it right through his chest. No words. And everyone's just like, oh, okay, this is different. Everyone splits and goes, they killed Goliath. Like, that was the focal point of now this is a war. So we go back to Wolverine. I'm, I'm surprised that they haven't brought him out yet. Uh, what's it called? Damage Control or whatever they're called in Marvel now. Uh, and they're basically, like, stirring everything up. They gave Nitro, the supervillain who blew up Sanford, Connecticut, uh, an explo- uh, a, a, a thing of, uh, what was it, kick, I think it was. It's like a mutant drug that kicks up your abilities, like, to 10 you know, if you're like a low-level supervillain, just blows everything up. So um, uh, he basically goes, yo, um, yeah, we're trying to get into the business of rebuilding stuff because when these guys fight, we make more money. And that was the actual story behind Civil War, which was beautiful. It wasn't Baron Zemo, who I loved in the in the MCU, who was a great, great actor uh, who played him. And uh, so now we're, we're sitting here in Civil War, Tony, uh, basically, and, and Steve are just beating the crap out of each other. They're really going at it. Both sides going at each other. And then it ends with Steve Rogers getting assassinated. And guess what? Turned into a scroll. Isn't that crazy? He turned into a scroll at that point. And that is crazy. Because now we have the Civil War. And there's also Echo and Electra, I think it was. Yeah, uh, Echo stabs Electra with her sigh. And then she turns into a scroll. And everyone's like, wait, what? And it's... It, Everyone's just like, hold up. We were just fighting each other. And now you tell me everyone's a scroll, and it leads into the real secret evasion. I, the show was, the ending was bad. I mean, we'll talk about the, we have about 10 minutes left, but we'll talk about the MCU TV shows another time. That's its own other topic. But right now, um, that's the thing about Marvel. Marvel had story into story into story into story into story, and it just kept going around. There was always something new coming. Absolutely, Marvel screwed some stuff up. The X-Men fighting dinosaurs. I'm not talking about the Savage Land. Literal dinosaurs was, eh, you know, like, I can go on about that stuff forever. But again, we have DC. Well, I'll get this in for the last couple of minutes. DC was always cartoony. It was exactly, it was for kids. And that's what I always kind of felt like. Spider-Man and, um, like, when he quit being Spider-Man, like, you didn't think about these things as a kid. Like, I'm going to quit my job, you know? Like, that's what I felt like it was. Like, this is adult problems? Like, this is, like he didn't want to be Spider-Man anymore, you know? Like, and he loses the love of his life. And Superman, all right, Superman saves the day. That's it. No consequences. It wasn't until, like, dark, um, what's it called, uh, Doomsday, where Doomsday killed Superman that I felt continuity actually came to DC. 
It, it, it really wasn't anything. It was every single time it was a new story. Everything just rewrote itself. Everything just restarted. There's a. It starts off with like a bank robbery, and then Superman comes in, lifts the car. Okay, whatever, not. Nah. And then something bad happens, and they got to solve that problem. And that's the main story arc. That's what I always felt happened in uh, what's it called? You had onslaught in Marvel. I can. Oh, and it. I hate spoiling it for people, but they just brought back Onslaught, and if you're not reading where Onslaught just came back, you are screwing yourself right now because Onslaught's back. It's the it's the uh, combined mental capacity, or not capacity, but the combined mental cognitive, uh, uh, I guess, uh, mental alertness of Magneto and Professor X, and they form together and create Onslaught, but Onslaught's in somebody else now, and it is gold. Um, Texting on my phone. Texting on my phone. Texting on my phone. Texting on my phone. Wish you come here, Carissa, because I want to interview you. And I'll do it next time because I'm not going to be here for two weeks. So you don't know that because next time I post up on YouTube is next time I post up on YouTube. So whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, in DC, like, everyone had, like, some stupid weakness. Superman, Kryptonite. Uh, Wonder Woman, I think it was Hypnosis. Wonder Woman had, like, a really stupid thing, too. But uh, there was something else. Oh, Wonder Woman, by the way. I don't know if you ever know this, but Wonder Woman's actual origin. I'm sorry I'm bouncing around all over the place. I got nerd Tourette's today. Um, Wonder Woman started off. You know what she started off as? You know what? Eh, somebody can Google it. I don't want to do questions yet. Uh, so anyway, she was their secretary. That was it. They, she, she, she's Wonder Woman, the secretary. That's what she was. She wasn't a superhero. She was, I, I don't think the Amazon thing came into play until later on, but yeah, huh, crazy. She was their secretary. That's how she got the job in the Justice League. She was the secretary. She answered the phone for the Justice League. So anyway, yeah, uh, Flash, I mean, even him. Like, I think, honestly, out of everybody, Flash has the greatest set of villains more than anybody because he has reverse Flash. As silly as it is, and DC always felt brought in, like, these mechanical devices that didn't make sense, and it was just a convoluted story behind this one object. Granted, we have the Cosmic Cube in Marvel. I say we, like I'm a part of it or something. But the, the, the Infinity Gauntlet, like, those are iconic things that they built. There's, like, so many devices... The, the boom tombs, the mother boxes that are in DC, and I feel like it's always been like a, oh, m- mother box? What exactly does that do? The Infinity Gauntlet has all the Infinity Gems. I do not call them stones as much as I try. Um, <laughs> when it comes to stuff like that, I always felt like brand recognition was always better in, in Marvel, and I'm going to have people here. We're going to discuss it peacefully. No one's going to be bashing each other or anything like that. Uh, I have some stupid friends I will call stupid to their face because <laughs> they're stupid heads. And... Uh, yeah, so that's all. Texting on my phone. Texting on my phone. Texting on my phone. Texting on my phone. So, um, now I'll save this for next time, but we'll get a little bit of headway into it. I got seven minutes. I'll cut it short. I don't care. It's my show. This is my show. This is my studio. I got this. It's all mine. Um, can we get a shot to just, just, just. Look at all this space that I have right here, and there's nobody here because I, I was, I was going to do one guest. I was going to talk about, like, you know, little couple things, you know, Royal Rumble. Uh, I got my pick. Honestly, I think it's going to be Cody. Eh, 
I got no one to discuss it with. Because there's so many things that are happening in WWE right now that it's like, who's going to win? You know? Will Ospreay's in AEW, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, there's so many guys in AEW that are absolutely amazing. And uh, so many guys are in WWE and women that are absolutely amazing in their craft, in their field. Um, and it's just so beautiful to watch because now, uh, since things changed, I feel like there's an emphasis on stories. I, and, and again, this is my biggest nerd the, the biggest part of my nerds badge is the fact that I love stories and I love talking about stories. I love talking about conflict. I love talking about resolution. I love, uh, re- yeah, resolution uh, about things that like just solve an, an answer to a question. Um, there's so many things that happen. And I, I just want to thank anybody who ever listened to this right now. I will be back. I promise. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, thanks. Uh, <laughs> if, um, you have any comments, which everyone knows the comment section is a way to go for critiques. Uh, please let me know. All right. Um, I really had a blast doing this. I'm going to cut myself five minutes short because uh, I want to do something at the end, but I, I don't want to do it now because there's no one here. Chris didn't make it. Yeah. So, yeah, sad voice. Uh, I promise I'm going to have a whole entire lineup when I come back. I'm going to be a lot tanner because I'm going to Mexico. Mexico! If you know what that's from, leave it in the comics. Mexico! Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, so, yeah. We're going to leave it at that. I promise you within the second I stop talking and I say goodnight and I wish everyone safety and love in the future, uh, Chris is going to walk right through that door and it's going to aggravate me to no end. And I want you to know this, Chris. It happened, Okay. So, on that note, my name is Michael Quinn. Um, Thank you for spending your time with me. I hope uh, the YouTube ads did not not bother you as much during this. This is an hour-long thing. And I hope you found something that made you identify or be proud of this. And I have something on the next show. This is just the pilot. This is just something. um, I have a plan, and it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be great. And it's, it's for the people watching. And it's going to be beautiful. And you're going to love it. It's interactive. Um, even though it's recorded, it's going to be great. All right? So, on that note. God damn it. It's all right. I definitely want to. Thanks, Carissa. I love you. Actually, I was wrong. You're not going to show up three minutes after I'm done. <sighs> but, yeah. So, that's about it. Um, my name is Michael Quinn. I'm signing off. And remember, if you love it. Wear it on your arm, all right? Have a good night, everybody. First one. It's in the bank.